welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody at home, and welcome. This is Punch It! Writing in Star Trek. I'm your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene Schmidt, we have some uh, some fascinating content to discuss today, because what we're talking about is short treks, and not what we've seen particularly, but what we'd like to see, and that could be anything from more short treks for, from Star Trek Discovery, uh, future short treks from Star Trek Picard... Or anything in between, or like any any of the shows that we we know that are coming out, which are vast in, in number. But it's really just a conversation of what we'd like to see, what we think we might see, and maybe a little bit of what we don't want to see. But before we get <laughs> into that, we've had some great viewer mail, as we always do. But there's one in particular that we want to talk about because we're kind of riding the wave of the previous episode. And that is about Tom Paris working in other shows. How does he work on uh, TNG? How does he work on TOS? How does he work on Enterprise? How does he work on Deep Space Nine? And a listener wrote us an email. That's right. So we wanted to just read this on air because we think it's a fairly cool idea. And so Richard Hunston, this is your take on getting Tom Paris on DS9. The Defiant has just been delivered and they are looking to staff all the stations. Meanwhile, for a few episodes, we've seen a new character, Tom Paris. We know very little about him, except he's a former Starfleet civilian who is a parolee, working his time off on DS9 during the war. The helmsman position is proving a difficult position to fill, so Captain Sisko finds a piloting holosuite program to put his staff to the test, but upon running the program at Quarks, he discovers the program has an impossibly high score at the top of the table from a mysterious player. In true Goodwill Hunting style, they track down the player as a lowly civilian technician. Tom Paris. Cisco recognizes Tom's piloting genius and pulls in several favors to have him reinstated as a Starfleet officer. Paris closes the episode by showing that the overpowered Defiant can be tamed, but only by a pilot who knows his hot rods. So we thought that was a cute idea to kind of cement what we were talking about, but then kind of put in a little twist and use Tom Paris to an advantage. So thank you for that. Yes, thank you so much, Rick. This was a lot of fun to read. Uh, this is uh, different from the direction we went into, obviously, and that's why you sent it. But it was a lot of fun, and I think it's very interesting. And you mentioned Goodwill Hunting. I think it's a mix of Goodwill Hunting and the 1980s sci-fi movie, The Last Starfighter. It's uh, uh, For those of you who don't know, The Last Starfighter is a movie that takes place on Earth. It, it starts out on Earth, and there's this arcade game. And a guy who lives in a trailer park, that's pretty much all his means of entertainment, is this video game. Mm. And it's, uh, it's about flying a ship through space and like trying to, get to, uh, trying to get to the end boss and everything like that. And he, he reaches the highest score imaginable. And everybody thinks he's great. Well, then the next night he's visited by aliens. And he's just like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like you totally you know, achieved our training program. No one's ever gotten that high of a score. Would you like to fly with us and be our star, our star fighter? And so he goes and basically enacts the video game and saves the universe. And uh, it was very cool and uh, very reminiscent of this. And I think that's very much something that Star Trek would do and pay homage to. So thank you very much again, Rick. Also, it has echoes of Tron, just a little bit. 
Oh, well, anytime we can get a little Tron in our lives, I think is a is beneficial. <laughs> I would love to see that second sequel or that, that the, oh. the third movie. Oh, hardcore, yes. I want a Tron Legacy sequel so bad. Mm. All right, so how about we start the show? Let's go ahead and get into this groove. Now, since we've talked, since our last episode, a teaser trailer for Star Trek Picard has dropped. Yeah. What did you think? You know, for as little as we learned from this trailer, I still got super stoked, super excited. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm. (laughs) It just makes me giddy inside. It really does get me excited for the series, what it could possibly be doing. I am very intrigued by the idea that this is going to be a more psychological and introspective kind of a show. I think that's fitting for Picard. I think it's a great kind of alternative for those who maybe aren't digging on disco too much when you just want something to make you think this might be that show. So for that purpose, and of course, just the fanboy uh, giddy giddiness of, oh my God, more Picard, more Patrick Stewart. Yes, please. This is going to be a good show. That's my thought. What about you? I think I'd love to to piggyback off of what you just said about people who don't who didn't like disco or not digging disco. No judgment, because I I think it's definitely something that the fans have been screaming for even before disco came out, where they're like, "We want something post Nemesis. Give us something post Nemesis." Well, they're finally going to get something post Nemesis, and not only True. does it take place after Nemesis, it involves the man who was the lead in Nemesis, and so you can't get much more literal than that. And so for that, <laughs> I'm the most excited about. But after the trailer, I probably am the same level of excitement and and reservations as I was before the trailer. I think one thing, like I had some of my own nitpicks, even just from the teaser where, and I realize that this is nitpicks, like I'm totally pushing up my nerd glasses here, but (laughs) I'm like, okay, what's the deal? Like in the teaser poster, you have a TOS style Delta shield. Oh God. It's about the font. No, no. Here's the theory. Yeah, okay. here's the you're th- talking no. about the Delta. Okay, because a lot of people online were criticizing, you're using the original series font for the logo. Here's Probably is a franchise thing, guys. I understand that, but I am totally one of those people. Did I complain online? No, because it's not worth complaining about online. But this is our freaking person. show. This is our freaking show, so I'm going to complain on this, on this video. All right, have at it. Because is this going to ruin the show for me? No. Do I think it's like, (laughs) do I think it's something where I'm just like, oh my God, they don't understand what's going on. It's not like they understand Picard. No, I'm not doing that at all. I'm just saying like, oh, why? Wait, why? You know, like where it's just, it's, you see, you see the TOS font, you see the TOS Delta Shield. And then at the very end of the trailer, you hear the, the first few notes from the TOS theme. And was like, this is a TNG guy. This is a TNG character. This is a TNG era extension. And I'm like, why not go for that? And I think what you just said is probably what they're going to do is there's just like, we're going to have the franchise go in so many different directions over the next 10, 20 years that they probably are trying to make this a, like a unified brand. I mean, they just started a new department uh, with, uh, with uh, some new VP. I can't remember exactly, but it's all about the marketing and branding of Star Trek you know, internationally, I'm totally summarizing. I'm probably got that wrong, but (laughs) it was a sign that they are trying to find a cohesive brand while they splinter because, you know, you have TOS, Enterprise, Deep Space Nine, TNG, Voyager, Discovery, all have vastly different types of branding and fonts and everything like that. They're probably saying like, okay, from here on out, this is what we're going to do. Like in marketing materials, you're going to see this font. You're going to see this Delta Shield because that says... Star Trek. 
Yep, I think that's exactly what it is. As we get such a major expansion of the franchise coming down the pipe, they realize that it is branding. It's, you know, they want that unifying force. They want instant recognition that this is Star Trek, the franchise. And it makes a lot of sense that they are doing this. And I think they've learned from other big franchises, like from the Marvel Universe and mm-hmm. all of that, just all these things that have, you know, so many things going on at once. They realize, or they realize, that this is a part of it. And I love the fact that people are like, well, why aren't you using the next gen font? Why? Well, because of, of this. It's yeah. It's got to be distinctly Star Trek. And yes, maybe it would be cool if they use some more TNG callbacks, but I think we're going to get plenty of that otherwise. So <laughs> yeah, we'll be let's fine, just settle guys. down. We've seen a minute of footage, okay? <sighs> the fan base is exhausting sometimes. Now, I will say that one thing that got me super intrigued is that they immediately threw in some mystery with saying that it was something like, what was it, like 15 years ago or five years ago? I can't remember, like a certain number of years ago, 15 years ago, you commanded an armada, like the largest the Starfleet has ever seen or something like that, and saved the world. Again, I've only watched it once, so I might be summarizing Mm. wrong. How did you only watch it once? I was really I watched it like five times week. back to back. <laughs> I was, I actually, I had to wait an entire day. Like my, when it was released, I was just like, I'm not going to be able to watch the 60 seconds of footage until like midnight uh, tonight. That's true. You were so busy last week. <laughs> um. So, but yeah, so, so like I started checking the timeline. I was like, wait, that's a couple years post Nemesis. Okay. So we have no idea what it is. We have no idea what this event was. But once again, Picard saved the day. And so immediately I was just like, I want to know more. Tell me more. Right. Yeah. A lot of theories right now are talking about how this coincides with the timeline of the destruction of Romulus. Because yes, that did happen in the prime timeline if you're not paying attention. (laughs) The whole thing with Nero and whatnot. So there's a possibility of that happening. And yeah, it's, it's like... Picard is no longer involved in Starfleet because of, the, of some sort of price. What was it? You yeah, know, how did he pay some yeah. terrible price for what happened here? I cannot wait to learn more. I'm super stoked. And there was actually, I saw a lot of people comment about how they're like, oh, so they did make him an admiral. Interesting. Like some people were pissed because that's <laughs> uh-huh. that's what you do. Even though Kirk warned him. I, yeah. And that's a lot of people revoking that that quote and... I'm like, oh my god! You mean Picard didn't listen to <laughs> to Kirk? What? Uh, but so he became an admiral, and then he left Starfleet. So it makes you like they didn't mention like if he became an ambassador, then they would have called him ambassador. They wouldn't have called him admiral. Right. And so it makes you. A lot of people are just like, wait, I thought he became an ambassador because of this, and I'm just and because of this, and I'm just like, nope. Like everything you mentioned was like STO is not canon, so they don't have to follow that. And also, it, this kind of proves that the Countdown comics, even though they said they were canon, aren't canon anymore because something on screen is going to contradict it. And that's the mm. thing with printed publications is that whenever some marketing agency says, oh, yeah, this book, this comic, this whatever is canon, it can and usually always is trumped by whatever is on screen. Right. Also, it is possible that they are going to find a way to reel in that canon. We just don't know how yet. Right. Right. I mean, and and the thing is, is that like not having countdown, the countdown comics as canon doesn't trump uh, the Star Trek 09 as being canon because that's that's on screen. That's there. That's proof. Right. We have, right. We have Prime Spock and Prime Spock is the one who told us about the destruction of Romulus in the prime timeline. So that is something they have to deal with. Yes. 
So lots of possibilities there. Now that said, I, you got me wondering now, do you want any Picard short treks? Do you think they're going to do any Picard short treks? I think they'd be stupid not to because it's a th- it's a way to get people to talk about the show and maybe even subscribe to CBS All Access longer uh, in order to do short treks. I mean, so that they have to pay for themselves by the buzz alone and the the subscriber base alone. Like now, obviously. I didn't subscribe to CBS All Access during the short treks. I'm like, I can wait until Disco (laughs) comes back. Yeah, but with the nostalgia behind Picard, I do wonder if they could possibly bring out the more generalized fan base into this show. I think it would be a way for a lot of people to come back to CBS All Access or or come to CBS All Access for the first time. Uh, You have your super duper ass haters who will never come to CBS All Access, and that's fine. We don't want you guys. Yeah, of course. They're lost. They're they're lost. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But if you're someone who's just like, eh, disco's not really my thing, and you didn't like foam at the mouth or like try to to slap anybody on Twitter who said that they liked disco, then this could be the way for CBS to get those people. Exactly. And I actually want to steal an idea from you that you brought up a long time ago regarding the disco short treks leading into season two. It would be great if they maybe film, let's say they film four short treks for Picard like they did for disco. Two of them are free. Just massively put them out on the internet, let people watch them and let them decide, okay, I'm intrigued. I want to know more. Then put the other two on CBS All Access as a lead in to the Picard series and then debut, get those people locked in to subscribe for, hey, even another month than right. they would have if they're just doing Picard. But give people an opportunity to get excited about the show. And I'm, I hate to put it this way, but the best way to do it is to do a little sample. You know, that's why this stuff works. <laughs> you give people a little sample. They can try it for free and decide, hey, that's pretty good. I want more. Bring them in. Reel them in. Well, and I know, I know several people who did that with um, season two of of Disco, where they released the first episode of season two on YouTube. And that's right, they did. I sent it to a lot of people who didn't subscribe or bailed on season one. And I said, it was like, hey, bro- this episode, Brother, is super good. You need to check it out. And more than one person told me, oh, this is what I was hoping Disco would be in season one. Mm. And we need to do this. They need to do this. And I don't know why I said we. But it's totally <laughs> we something wish that I think we were they somehow do. involved, maybe. Now, what would you like to see with a short trek for Picard? Because I have some of my own ideas on what they should or shouldn't do for their lead up to season one, because it, you could be much more liberal with what you do for the lead up to season two. What do you think? You know, my first instinct, knowing so little about this series, is to not do a short trek with Patrick Stewart. If you want to get other characters involved, because I have a feeling we're not going to get a cameo from Beverly or Troy or even Riker because Jonathan Frakes is directing right now as we talk. I don't think we're going to see them on screen. But for a short trek, if maybe we could get almost like almost maybe like a documentary style interviews with these characters about what happened being a little vague, <laughs> but at the same time, giving us a little, like little puzzle pieces of what might have happened, having them talk about it, and then we can fanboy and scream and talk about, oh my god, it's Crusher! Ah! And that would be the way to get them on board. Now you're cringing. 
I, our listeners can't see you cringing, but I do. So <laughs> tell me how much you hate this. No, I love that idea. I freaking oh. love that idea. But the okay, reason why I I'm cringing. No, the reason why I'm cringing is because it, it is almost the exact style and plot of Star Trek Axanar. <laughs> oh, God, you're right. <laughs> Oh no! Okay, I take back everything. I don't know. No, that <laughs> so, is no. Mm, 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 so there's, mm, mm, mm. there's no. I gotta way, go barf. There's no way they would be able to do that. From, no, from an I'm optic so sorry. perspective. <laughs> oh no! I didn't even think about. It. I have brain bleached Axanar so hard from my brain. Oh my gosh! Right. Um, yeah. But yes, it's uh. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> they wouldn't be able to do that. But okay, so like I was thinking the same exact thing as you though. Like as a lead up to season one, don't show. Jean-Luc, like, don't show Patrick Stewart, because I think in the, in the short treks, very few people, except for, like, Saru and Tilly, were, were shown in the short treks, and so you probably want to keep it vague as possible, but, like, do, like, maybe a few cameos, or, or like, because I, I'm like you, where I'm just like, oh, if we do get a cameo, it might not be until later in the season, or maybe even later in the show, and then it'll probably just be a taste, and, mm-hmm. like, you know, we once talked about how I really wanted Riker and the Titan or whatever, wherever he is now to kind of swoop in and save the day like he did in All Good Things. But regardless, sure. um, I think it would have to be like what, like maybe just a little bit of history, maybe not documentary style, but a little bit of history of what has happened post-Nemesis between, like basically between Nemesis and Picard. Like get everybody caught up so that they don't yeah. have to do so much exposition in the first Ooh. episode idea yeah bring them together have them meet at somebody's house and and maybe just to have them talk about what has happened and what is about to happen i was thinking even more literal than that like show give little snippets like where it's like a four-part history lesson of like this is what happened before this battle but no one knows what the battle is this is what happened after the battle but nobody knows what the battle is this is Mm -hmm. you know this is like like show a short trek of somebody of a caretaker of the vineyard where it's just like oh well Jean-Luc's coming back and he says he's going to stay for a while and so it's just a short trek of them getting the vineyard ready for him you know like that kind of thing oh that could be interesting yeah who was running the vineyard until Jean-Luc took over that kind of thing that would be a great thing to find out yeah maybe it was Robert's wife we don't know if she died in the fire I don't think she did he says Robert and Rene yeah he doesn't say the family. He doesn't say all three of them. Right. He just says Robert and Renee. So maybe she was doing it, but now with Jean-Luc coming back, she, she's going to take a break or she's off to retire. She's done. Who knows? Yeah. It, it's, it's, really, it's really fascinating. And like that's the thing is that I would, with short treks, you can get as non-explodey as you want to be. Yeah. That's kind of what I really like about this format, just generally speaking, is it doesn't have to be this massive explosive thing. It can just be this nice, subtle little story, uh, a little vignette. It doesn't even necessarily have to have this really coherent beginning, middle, and end. It, it, it reaches some sort of inevitable conclusion, but it's a snippet and you know it because you have 15 minutes. Right. And the beauty of it, I think the beauty of this show that I, I agree with you that I think Picard is not going to be as explodey, or at least I'm hoping it's not yeah. going to be as stylized. It's not going to be as, I don't know, in your face 
and upside down camera angles and you know <laughs> circular no epilepsy warnings or anything no, like that nothing like that like no michael bay-esque circle circling around the conference table like that kind of thing yeah um i think this one i at least we could be wrong, but I feel like this one is going to, we're going to get those dramatic speeches that we didn't get in disco here. Oh gosh, I hope so. I I think to really pay the massive tribute to TNG as they could and should, and it, it does strike me that they are really handling the franchise with as much respect to what has come before as anybody possibly can. You got to give them credit for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be Talkie Trek. Yes. And I am fully on board for it. And this is the appropriate uh, star and setting to do it. So what do you think about season two, like the lead up to season two of Picard? I know it's impossible to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, we have no idea what's happening in season one. But I feel like they can be much more liberal with it where they they can spoil a whole lot more. They can, like after having a season's worth of content, you might be able to get Jean-Luc in a short trek. Um, I know that they didn't get Michael in a short track for Discovery. They kind of shot in like you didn't get Pike in a short track or anything like that. But that is something that could happen where, you know, like if we just have them talk about the event or the Armada or something like that in season one, maybe with the buildup of season two, we can actually see some of that. Maybe so. That that kind of thing. I think uh, hmm. you could fill in the gaps even more or maybe that's a thing. Like maybe it's... um like we go with your history lesson type deal where maybe with this is going to this is going to sound stupid but like stay with me here yeah, yeah, so yeah. what if there was a little bit more of a side show with short treks instead of little vignettes or uh-huh. little like little scenelets that don't connect with each other but connect with the show overall what if these parts were of its own continuity outside of Star Trek Picard where Ooh. maybe it's the backstory of one particular character that we see in Picard where it's but we we don't get any of his or her backstory but in these four episodes every summer or you know whatever you know before each season like we get to see way more with them or maybe it's a site like maybe it's a helmsman or a member of the bridge crew who we only get to see have two words per episode if that <laughs> the lieutenant J who actually yes. does get a line though yeah, something like that, like a Lieutenant J, but of ca- of the Picard show. But in Short Treks, this person, ha- we we get all of their backstory and we get to see what they do. And oh, wow. And then we could see how that connects to the show at large. And that is a brilliant idea because then that makes the Short Trek its own separate thing, but necessary viewing. I wouldn't say necessary viewing. I would say it duly enhances what's going on. With, with the screen like it's 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 okay. not I, I wouldn't want to put anything where you're just like oh i gotta see the short trek otherwise this episode is not going to make sense because discovery did that a little bit but they, of course they they showed you like a recap within the episode yeah but i feel like with this one it's not like it's not mandatory viewing it just gives a richer backstory to a character and i know that some people would complain that are just like oh well if you have this great character then do it in the show like if you don't have faith in the character then don't put it there clearly they just want this digital yeah. thing to fail um but regardless. <laughs> Obviously, that's how we feel about that. But no. <laughs> no, I love that idea. Totally digging on that. So what about Disco? What would you like to see in a short mm. trek of a lead up to season three of Disco? Man, and I really do hope that they do more short treks. 
for disco. I, I think mm-hmm. it's a great format. It's a great way to build up excitement for the season. And now that disco is in the future, not necessarily knowing at all how they're like what they're going to face once they are in the future and all of that. I almost want to see a short trek where like it's been a couple of days and they're trying to recuperate and get their headspace and figure out what the heck is going on. And then at the very end of the short trek, though, I mean, it's just sort of to bring us up to speed generally, the short trek. Mm-hmm. And then Michael realizes, oh, I got to go give the signal so that Spock knows we're okay. <laughs> That and that's why it took so many days for them to figure it out with time being so twisted. Maybe it was two days for her, but for them it was a hundred something. I think with that one, I, I don't, I think they'll be wary of doing that, of showing the crew, of showing actually discovery in that timeline, because you want that big reveal to be in the first episode. You want those people oh, you're right. in the future. Yeah. Like, I, this, I obviously I don't know, but I'm my guess is the first episode is going to be right when they get there. That's my thought too. But hell, I, mean, yeah. I could be wrong where they get there. Like the first episode is like, okay, we've been here for a year, and this is what's happened. You know, like I could easily see something <laughs> like that happening. Maybe, maybe, but then that would necess- or that would necessitate a short trek, fifteen minutes of what happened as soon as they jumped. Now, I know we're going to get some animated short treks, but just in case they want to throw in some disco in there, one thing that I would like to see is a few short treks of like one dealing with the last battle from a different perspective on the Enterprise, like a lower decks kind of deal with what's going on on the Enterprise during the battle from somebody else's perspective. I think that would be neat. And then I would love to see another one with the temporal agents where... Oh, yeah. They kind of discuss what's going on. They know what's going on. And like someone says, why aren't we doing anything about it? And they say for X, Y, and Z. (laughs) And also, where the hell is Captain Braxton in all of this? (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. I would love to see like a Braxton before he got, you know, arrested. Wouldn't that be awesome to have Captain Braxton talking about these events and like whether they, why they do or do not interfere yeah, or you get the guy who was in Enterprise, whatever his name is. I can't remember the guy in the black suit. Oh, are weird... you talking about Future Guy? Is it Future Guy? Not, well, not that's the, what like, everybody the, calls him. Not the hazy, the guy who pretended to be a crew member on Enterprise. Uh, Okay, it's been a little while since I've watched is Enterprise. It, is it Dang Daniels? It. I think it's Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. I'd love to see Braxton and Daniels or something like that, like have a conversation about disco. How great would that be? Oh, that would be super cool. Can we make that happen, please? I think, yeah, out of everything we just talked about, I'm like, yeah, let's make that the first short trick we see. Right? Yeah, that is the one. That is the top. Now, let's maybe retcon a little bit. If we could go back and do like a Voyager short trek or a DS9 short trek, a TNG or even TOS short trek, what sorts of things do you think if this format had been a thing back then, what do you think they would have done with it? Oh, man, that's interesting. Um... Because really, the prelude to short treks was like little webisodes. Shows like The Office did this, where they did little side things, and they may that. or may not have their own continuity, but they were they were this little thing that some like the diehard fans were into it. But if you were a regular fan, and eh, whatever, you could skip it. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica did that, and right. um, th- I think I mentioned that before. I think that was the first time I really remember people doing that. Mm-hmm. But like The Office and Battlestar Galactica are definitely the first ones I remember. Man, what would, like, what would yeah, TNG what would that look do? like? 
Man, that's a good question. And for the record, SETI Alpha 3 did come up with some short trek ideas for the like our, our first five series. So Ooh. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping we won't step on their toes. Well, everyone needs to go to the nerdparty.com and uh, check out SETI Alpha 3, especially that episode. I mean, they do fantastic work and uh, and you guys should check it out and subscribe as well as all of our other shows because we got Star Trek shows, we got Star Wars shows, we got Harry Potter shows, Babylon 5 show, which you're very familiar with, and so bit. many different types of shows that everyone should check out. But I think, you know what, I this is going to be so predictable once I say it out loud that you're going to okay. laugh and longtime listeners will be like, of oh, freaking course. I think <laughs> what Voyager would have done and what would have been cool and definitely what Jerry Taylor would have done uh-huh. is you, your short treks would have been Pathways. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. The and novel yes, Pathways. I did roll my eyes just a little bit and yet I'm totally on board with this. So you get like you would see Balana's backstory about how like how she joined the Maquis. You would get Chakotay's backstory about how he joined the Maquis. You would get um, maybe a little bit of Tom's how he got into this predicament. You would see uh, Harry as a kid, you know, like practicing the uh, the clarinet or you know like some crap like that, or like how he met Libby. That because that's actually what's right, in pathways, right. you know, like that kind of thing. Uh, like I w- I think that would have been really great because not too terribly much was contradicted in the show of pathways and so you could totally mine that in order to do short tracks and uh yeah oh most definitely plus that gives us more backstory and for those who don't like reading you know then they get the visual version and then we're all good totally could see that happening especially between like in that era like between seasons two and three and then maybe after three even oh very much so i think with Deep Space Nine, you wouldn't get too much backstory, but maybe you would no. get like an alternate life of uh, of Dax. Hmm, maybe you would, that would maybe be cool. see a little Curzon or even somebody we don't really know. I would totally see a short. I could totally see a short trek with Quark where he's doing something devious, and it's just that's right. the fifteen minutes is just him doing something devious and not getting caught or getting caught. It's like a cat. Oh and no, mouse no, game. Odo's on it. Yeah, it's a cat and mouse game between him and Odo um, to something separate, you know, like stuff like that. I could see Deep Space Nine doing that way more than just doing backstory. I also see DS9 possibly tackling missing scenes, little addendums. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that like where things that were referenced off camera or like things that were... I'm like, oh, this and this happened. And you're just like, oh, God, the destruction of the whatever. You know, like, this this is really heavy. But we see the destruction of the USS whatever, you know. I want to see that ship, the USS whatever. They got lazy. Or what would be the number? It would just be question marks. NCC just <laughs> question mark. We don't even know. We don't even care. Whatever. Oh, my God. Like, that's you hilarious. really s- expect us to come up with so many different proper nouns? My God. <laughs> There's only so many ships with so many names. Oh my God, I give up. <laughs> you know, that would maybe also make a good short trek. It's just like, not necessarily the people out in space, the people who are on the ground doing important work for Starfleet, but never getting any credit for it. I would love to see an animated short trek, like an office style type deal where they are like they're arguing over what the name of this class of ship should be. That would be amazing. And it's just like 
we should call it the galaxy. No, screw that. Like we're in the galaxy. It needs to be, it needs to have more flavor like the USS Papa Moose, you know, something like that. <laughs> right. Like, okay. We've gone through, we've gone, we've done historical and all of these different aspects. We're going through uh, cool words like yeah. discovery and stuff. Okay. Where do, what do we do now? And maybe you have that one guy who's just like everything. If you had an X to everything, like like back in the 90s when the, everything was extreme, they're just oh like, yeah, God. it needs to have some edge. The USS extreme, you know, like stuff like that. <laughs> and then he takes a sip of his Mountain Dew, opens a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. Yeah, exactly. He crush, crushes his Red Bull on his head like we're that. it's that guy. And then there, there's oh this one God, person, yes. this one alien who kind of pops in and says like, hey, guys, huh, I don't know. Maybe we should look outside of Earth for some of these names. Hmm? <gasps> Shocker. <laughs> Whoa. And then they're, they just stare him down like, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I want this. I want to see this. Yeah, I, would, I could watch I would, 15 minutes of this. Easy. I would pay money to see that. Easy. Easy. Mm-hmm. Yep. CBS, you can take my money. You already do, but that's not the point. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else that you think? Like, is there any, like, I, I'm kind of blanking on Enterprise and TOS um, short treks. One, one really stupid, nonsensical idea that just popped in my brain for Enterprise would be in the exercise room on the treadmill. You have various people coming in to do their workouts, talking about something that's going on, but we never see what is going on. We only get the context of what is happening through the lens of people talking about it in that room. I get that. Yeah, I I think that's interesting. I don't know what's going on. It's some dramatic battle or whatever, you know, who cares? But yeah, it's, it's all about how they're handling it, how hard they're working out. I mean, you could really get like into people's heads through their body language and all of that, I think that would be a cool little study for 15 minutes. One thing, this is one of those nitpicks where I'm just like, I understand that the workout room was just a redressed cargo bay. Star Trek does that all the time. But if you think about the wasted space in that weight room, with like, like, do you really need two decks to work out in where there's nothing you can do on the ceiling like there's no actual second floor and like it's so spread out and you're just like you're basically in a submarine like right? what do you do yeah they they could have and should have done better there i totally agree i totally agree and maybe that even comes up somewhere in the short track like why are we like, using yeah. that space up there hello we could be it's using de- that for something it's definitely a holdover from the next generation luxury cruise, you know, mentality <laughs> where they said they're like, oh, yeah, no, in Enterprise, it's much more submarine. Like, eh, not really. Um, but I see what you're going for. Yeah, they uh, tried. But one thing, actually, this just popped in my head because one thing we didn't talk about was TNG short treks. Yeah. I think uh, one thing that I'd love to see is Riker on vacation. Oh, And boy. he's on Ryza. Of course and he is. we see him strike out like 10 times in a row. <laughs> has he lost it but and that's the thing he's asking himself he's like i'm much yeah. more see i'm much more seasoned now is that the problem and he strikes out 10 times but on that 11th time 11th time he gets that phone number oh boy 11th is the charm huh i would love to see his perseverance and jonathan frakes would just eat that up so much he would love Be that like yeah boy still got it <laughs> that's how it would end I have an idea for a TNG short trek, maybe centering around Luxana Troy. And it's got to have something to do with 
her well-meaning but sometimes just completely overbearing mentality of uh, basically just driving Troy and Picard to complete distraction. But maybe at the end of the day, she has a point of something. Mm -hmm. Now, I have nothing specific in mind, but it would be kind of cool just if back in that day we could have had a little more of Bajel Barrett just letting her do her thing because she's so good at that role. I think one thing that pops in my head is if they were using Luxana that way, it would be everyone trying to avoid her. Yes. Because we got a little bit in that episode where Picard was able to hightail it out of there, but Riker got caught. He's like, oh, okay. I would love to see a little bit more of that where maybe they have like some sort of secret alert. (laughs) (laughs) Purple alert. (laughs) Yeah, something like that where they're just like, everybody on your toes. Um, Maybe they're trying to disp, like, I don't know, throw responsibility for handling Loxana and whatever some grandiose thing she's got to do, like a hot potato. Nobody Mm -hmm. wants to deal with this. Nobody wants to handle her. But here we go. So who is, or how are they displacing their responsibility onto other people? And who ends up having to deal with it? I think one thing, even though this was a little late in the show, because we got this in season seven, but everybody loved Lower Deck so much. And everyone was screaming for a Lower Deck show that totally wouldn't work. Uh It just wouldn't work. I think you could see that on TNG short tracks a whole lot more about like what the lower deck people are doing during any given situation, like what the lower deck people were doing during best of both worlds or when they got transported to the Delta quadrant or when they were like so far outside of their own galaxy, they're just like, what the hell is going on? I kind of want a (laughs) moment like we got in Voyager with Neelix when he's just like, what are they doing? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like they have such... They have such a great ship. This is so nice. Why don't we just blow it up? Like, I would love to see some ensign be like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> just have like a mutual cathartic ranting session in the mess hall. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that could be kind of insane. fun. Yeah, I like I that. that. I like that. Yeah, that would be really cool. Another thought I had. What about a Guinan short trek on TNG? I was wondering about that. Kind of the same context. Like through Enterprise, like some event is going on. People are coming up to the bar. Guinan's asking, hey, how are you? How's it going? And then we get little details of what's happening through those conversations. I would love to see that, but show how active Guinan's day actually is. Yes. Where I, w- I would love to see a Data's day, but, in, but a Guinan's day, where you see what she does when she wakes up, when she gets to the bar, and then when she goes home, but because everyone, when everyone sees Guinan, she's so relaxed and she's so helpful. And it just seems like she kind of moves at a slower pace than everybody else in a good way. And so I would love to see this short trek contradict all that where she has to fix like 15 different people's problems. And then she gets a little afraid at the end where she's just like, I don't know, kid, just write her the letter or don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's got to be Wesley. She's doing that too. Yeah, right? And then like she, she has to make sure that all everything's stocked, that she does this, and then she still has time at home for Picard or something like that, where like Picard stops by her personal quarters. And she's like, oh, okay, sure, why not? <laughs> and then it, maybe the very end of the day, like you can see that the day really has worn on her. She's exhausted. Mm-hmm. She, like, I don't know, crawls into bed or has, like draws a warm bath. And then maybe the clincher at the very end is somebody is on the comm link or what have you. Hey, uh, Guinan, you got a second? Yeah. And the heavy sigh, fade to black. 
and we see we see Troy just in the corner like eating chocolate like because she's not doing her job. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's mean. I know, I know. <laughs> but maybe that would be the perfect opportunity to acknowledge that whole Troy and Guinan thing. Like, why am I doing your job? Oh, absolutely. Everybody knows I love Troy, but uh, it's a question. It's a question that needs to be asked. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I love it. And it's still like just the meanest jab. And yet, oh my gosh, if we actually got that on screen, we'd be howling. Be we would. All right, folks. Well, I think that's a uh, that's a good place to end it on a little uh, on a chocolate ice cream. So, this mm. is uh, this has been a lot of fun. We went through a lot of different ideas, and if you have any ideas for short treks, which I'm sure that you do, because as you were listening to this, I'm sure that you're just like that wouldn't work. Oh, that's a great idea, or I can think of something better. Please let us know what you think would be better by going yeah. to the nerdparty.com slash contact select punch it from the drop down menu fill out the form it'll send us an email you can also find us on social media we're on we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on twitter you can find me personally on twitter at the insane robin you can find me at oh the profanity and if you haven't already please make sure to leave us a review on itunes and uh if you do if you give us a five-star review we'll mention you on the show you can you can give us any type of review that you want but five-star gets you a mention and uh, and please let those emails roll in let those reviews roll in and yeah. uh, make sure to tune in for our next episode because it is going to be a humdinger and uh, you'll find out next week what it is and whatever it is we're gonna punch it ready for warp sir let's punch it join the revolution join the nerd party